Good to be with you. Let's start with the antibody tests. Um, I've heard you say that they have been, some have been developed and even validated. Are we really just days away from them being in use? Yes, actually at the last task force meeting, the, the individuals responsible for, for both developing, validating, and getting the test out are saying, and, it, and I'm certain that that's going to happen, that within a period of a week or so, we're going to have a rather large number of tests that are available. So, uh, we clear your throat. Well, he's got to be tired of giving uh, press he's, conferences. And he's stuff. raspy. Yeah, I know. Poor guy. Uh, so he needs so, a handler that tells him you don't have to go on every show. You don't have to go on every, you know, third tier cable show that 80,000 people watch. Yeah, make it like a pool thing. You make yeah. a statement, then you got two reporters in there ask you a couple yeah. of questions. Yeah, we need the that. information, but he doesn't have to do each individual show. The poor guy. He's an old man. And, and, and most he, of those shows are crappy. And most of those shows are crappy, and he's busy. So yeah. let's not use our resource the way we're using there of uh, Dr. Fauci. But so the test that for whether or not you had it in the past is coming soon. Is that a blood test? So that's almost got to be a blood test, right? They got to jab you and suck something out of you. I believe that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I believe so. Yeah, I don't think uh, the the uh, probe up your schnoz will work for this with a single drop of blood. So, I don't figure no, out. no, no. You stay wherever you have been, Elizabeth Holmes. I've, there is. I've been working with many scientists to figuring out the antibody you, tests. We have you've tested been working it on with my lawyers wolf. to keep your sweet little hiney out of jail, and it's a dog. It's a regular dog. <laughs> it's not a wolf. Ooh, down, down boy. That is not your dog. All right, now where were we? I so, want, I want, I want to do that testing. I think my goodbye, family. I think. <laughs> I think my family had the COVID. We got so many texts from people in California. Now that the word is out that it may have gone through California like months before the rest of the country, so many people saying I was the sickest I've ever been in my life the first week of January or middle December or whatever, and I got over it and I thought, God, what the hell was that? And we had that in our family. My son missed almost a week of school, and his brother was as sick also. Um, and my wife got that sick. And it was like, what the hell kind of a flu was that? Oh, but it was wow. the dang COVID. All right. Now, listen, we've heard from a couple of medical professionals who think that it may be a solid theory. I would like to know, uh, are there more of you? You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com, or if you'd prefer to just text real quick, 415-295-KFTC. We'll keep you uh, anonymous. You're not speaking for your hospital company nah, or whatever HIPAA, HIPAA rules do not apply in talk radio. We're well, giving people your name, your weight, your blood pressure. No, 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 we're not. We've never gotten a source in trouble. Uh, but I'd be curious to know whether, indeed, that is um, that is a commonly held theory. So a couple of notes. By, we by have the way, called, on, the, on the whole HIPAA thing, I've heard people yes. complain about this. This happened in our lives. Because of HIPAA, which I think is really need to be redone, it's, it, 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 it does more harm than good in many cases. Um. For instance, when I was sick, nobody nobody I work with knew I was sick or what was wrong with me because they're not allowed to tell anybody. That's just weird. People you see every day. But so somebody in our orbit uh, had some symptoms. So there was some uh, belief that perhaps they had the uh, the 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 corona and then they were staying home. But because of HIPAA rules, nobody knew knew who now word got around because everybody, you know, the rumor mill or whatever. But I think that should be known. So, you know, okay. I don't work with that person, or I haven't seen that person in a week, or they work over in that area, or they're on that floor. I think it'd be helpful, as opposed to this. The, the re, there's way too much secrecy about our own health. Is anybody that concerned about their own health information? 
No, some if, of you I are. Get, if I get Chairman Xi's uh, Chinese bat-eaten coughing death, go ahead and tell people, hey, it was Joe Getty. So if you've associated with Joe, because the official communications, and they're this way because they have to be. I'm not faulting the people who are doing no, it. No, 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 it's the but law. But they're like, there's a, a case in the uh, machine shop, uh, somebody who who probably maybe had it up high because they're tall, and uh, they're just trying to hint to tell you who might have had it, so you know, okay, is this a person I see in the hallways once a month, or is this somebody I work with closely day after day? They can't tell you. How stupid is that? God, first, kill all the lawyers, as Shakespeare said. Yeah, so they can't say, no, Jim's got it. Jim's got it. Jim and I stand side by side every single day. Holy crap. I'm going to go to Jim's house and burn it down and kill his family. (laughs) Said nobody ever. Right. There's going to be nothing bad that happens because we know Jim's the one. How new are these HIPAA things? Is this, am I wrong? For some reason, I'm like a decade or? Well, I was was told, and then then I got an email saying I'm wrong, so I don't know. But I I read once that a lot of it came out of the AIDS epidemic when people really did want to hide their health information because obviously if it came out that you had HIV, if anybody told anybody, then people say, oh my God, you're gay. This was back in a time when being gay was something you you had to hide or uh, wanted to hide. Um, And so I I get where that came from. But there's nothing like that anymore. There's nothing I could get that I don't care if you don't send out an email to everybody about. doesn't bother me. And I think most of us are like that. It does more harm than good. All right, well, moving on to uh, the uh, Chinese bat-eating death. A couple of uh, Chinese bat eating death. Lindsey Graham and some others have uh, said there needs to be a law that China closes down their wet markets. I don't know if you can make another country change the way they eat, but yeah, it's it's like an open air meat market. I mean, I don't know. Go ahead, Lindsey. That's fine. Stop eating um, wet bats, you weirdos. A couple of notes that are somewhat related. I read a piece uh, yesterday, uh, and I have it in front of me now. That is extremely detailed and thorough in its discussion of what the COVID does and why it kills people. It has, uh, and it gets way down deep into, uh, you know, uh, the chemistry of the human body. Uh, hemoglobin and the way it carries oxygen and a special kind of iron, which is toxic in the center of the hemoglobin and it's contained by porphyrin and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's way down deep. And and the problem with the uh, the Chinese coughing death is that it dissolves the covering and lets loose that iron ion that gets into your lungs and clogs it up and screws up your liver and and that's what's killing people and it also <clears throat> excuse me denies the oxygen to all of your organs so this is an extremely detailed authoritative discussion of how the COVID actually kills people and also why the malaria drugs everybody's talking about um, are working. Because malaria does something simple, it, or I'm sorry, something similar, it chews up the covering that lets that iron ion into your body and, and kills people. Hydroxychloroquine. Um, so that's why it works so well. I have not found this anywhere else. Um, and I can't even figure out who this guy is. But if it's true, I hope we have made a leap forward in figuring out how this actually kills people. Having said that, it's killing uh, black people at a way higher rate. I was just reading about that, and they're trying to figure out why that possibly is. 
Yeah, I, I wonder. I don't even uh, dare hazard guess. Any but. kind of smoking might be related. Anything from uh, vaping to marijuana to whatever kind of cigarette. Anything smoking seems to have an effect, but they're not well, sure about that. The, the Fauci had mentioned the, uh, what do they call them, the comorbidities, right? These right. other conditions that you have, like diabetes is is more prevalent in the black community. Yeah. too. So there's other things like that that uh, I, I saw him talk I about. I think that. God is, uh, is getting back at us for legalizing marijuana. I think that is what well. I think. That's a fine theory. The Pope and I have a couple of theories on this. Now, there are plenty on the left who are trying to not tease out comorbidities, for instance, and and make it clear that this is victimizing black people and women, even though more men have died. They're saying more women have lost their jobs, so therefore it's an intersectional social justice cause, blah, blah, blah. Please do shut up. But um, a a former New York Times journalist, Alex Berenson, has been uh, rigorously analyzing the data on a daily basis about uh, the morbidity rate and the lack of morbidity and looking at California and the rest of it. And his current stance is uh, these models are way off. We're committing economic suicide, and it's a mistake. And we have some of his reasoning coming up in a couple of minutes. Uh, among others. Also, yeah, there's a new poll out on our, our attitudes and, and that. I'm a, if you open stuff up, people might not go back on their own, which is kind of interesting. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. years of brutal conflict, Saudi Arabia and Yemen have announced a ceasefire amid the pandemic. Yes, they know that right now is just not a safe time to kill each other. Huh. Yeah. I, um, I like that just because I hadn't heard that story. That got lost in the uh, the crush of stories that were out there. Yeah, that that's really interesting. Um, my daughter, uh, Delaney, who I will be interviewing during the award-winning fourth hour of the Armstrong and Getty show that some of you don't get, but... You can get via, you know, the iHeartRadio app or podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, her, she's taking a couple of classes now in, uh, in uh, the uh, legalities of war and conflict resolution, stuff like that. So we've spent a fair amount of time talking about that sort hmm. of thing lately. But that's crazy. Yeah, they figure, listen, I think we're better at killing their other guys, they're killing their guys, than they're good at killing our guys. But if the disease kills all of us, then we won't win. So, we'll, all right, maybe we'll hold off. Hmm. Uh, interesting. Anyway, uh, speaking of interesting, there's this uh, former New York Times journalist, a- a- Alex Berenson, who's been getting a fair amount of attention lately and, and more to come, and we're trying to get him on the Armstrong and Getty show. Uh, he's he's a really interesting guy, an independent-minded guy, Yale-educated, worked for the New York Times for a decade. Um, he calls himself a radical centrist. He wrote a book about how marijuana is much worse for people than the mainstream uh, has you thinking uh, so he's not some sort of wild-eyed liberal, neither is he some sort of fundamentalist uh, you know, conservative. He's just an independent thinker. And he has been analyzing the data on the uh, uh, Chairman Xi's uh, bad-eating Chinese coughing death on a daily basis for weeks and has come to the conclusion that the strategy of shutting down entire sectors of the economy is based on modeling that does not line up with the realities of the virus. He said, and I quote, the response we have taken has caused enormous societal devastation. I don't think that's too strong a word. No. 
And in the face of a broadening consensus on both the left and the libertarian right, oh, oh I'm sorry, that's, that's back to the marijuana thing. Um, he's uh, challenging the narratives on the response to the coronavirus. He isn't, what, he, what Berenson is promoting isn't coronavirus denialism or conspiracy theories. What he's claiming is simple. The models were wrong, and it's becoming clearer by the day. He says, in February, I was worried about the virus. By mid-March, I was most scared about the economy. But now I'm starting to get genuinely nervous. This isn't complicated. The models don't work. The hospitals are empty. Why are we still talking about indefinite lockdowns? Then he he, he concedes hard-hit places like New York and increasingly Detroit uh, are, are absolutely worth considering. Um but the long and short, he's taking a broader look in how all the models have come down. And, and he is with us in that if we can all protect ourselves from spreading it with the masks and, and the social distancing while we go about our business, that should flatten the curve well enough for virtually every city in America. Um, and, and I'm beginning to think he's right. Berenson argues that those the models we're using have social distancing and other measures baked into them. Uh, as further proof, he says that outside of places like New York, there has not been a national health crisis, nor are there signs that the level of lockdown in various states have made a difference. Uh, I like this part. Aside from New York, nationally, there's been no health crisis. In fact, to be totally correct, there's been a health system crisis, but that's that the hospitals are empty. This is true in Florida, where the lockdown was late. This is true in Southern California, where the lockdown was early. It's true in Oklahoma, where there is no statewide lockdown. There doesn't seem to be any correlation between the lockdown and whether or not the epidemic has spread wide and fast. That is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, Berenson blames the models for a response that has effectively shut down large sectors of the economy and is causing significant financial harm to Americans. And, and listen, it's causing, like, devastating, disastrous financial harm to millions of people. Uh, Berenson says the correct response in the initial days of the crisis would not have been to do nothing, but instead to adopt a more measured and targeted approach. There was incredible pressure to do something. So these lockdowns all cascaded. Every governor tried to outdo the next. And no one stopped and said, okay, what about Japan? They seem They don't seem to have a terrible epidemic. They wear masks. Maybe we should wear masks. He said other measures, such as protecting individuals particularly at risk and banning large gatherings like concerts and sports, may have been appropriate. But now he fears too late. Uh, it may be too late for officials to admit they overreacted. Now we're in a bad spot, he says, because there's clearly a dangerous political dynamic right now. The economy is in freefall. A lot of people are hurting. If we acknowledge what is clearly happening, the people who made those decisions, I think there's going to be a lot of anger at them. So they don't want to acknowledge it. So they say, oh, it's the lockdown that saved us. Anger and possibly lawsuits? I mean, do you get to uh, sue the state or county or whatever that made you shut down your business if you could make an argument in court that it was unnecessary? Generally speaking, no. No, they have pretty pretty blanket immunity. Um, but certainly but, a political price. Yeah, it is. Uh, the, the part of his analysis that I think is really good and really unique is that he points out that, listen, the policies they've chosen, God bless them, they had some incredibly difficult choices to make. They're now invested in those policies. They're wearing those policies. Oh, yeah. They're tattooed with those policies. Yeah, yeah. So to suddenly say, you know what, folks? And, and listen, I think America is a good and open-hearted enough country to, to accept this. If they said, hey, we were afraid a million people were going to die. 
So we cracked down like crazy. And everybody else was doing it. Right, exactly. And and we looked at Spain, we looked at Italy, and the death tolls are absolutely terrible. Uh, we should have said masks and social uh, separation and not shut down the economy. God, I wish but, we could have run an experiment where we see what would have happened if oh, we would have just everybody threw on a mask and day one and started wiping down everything. We're all doing, you know, like I just went out to my car and get something. I was carrying a Clorox wipe in my hand for every door handle I touched. So if everybody did that and wore a mask, would we have needed to, to destroy the economy? Yeah, use the De- Defense Procurement Act to have every, you know, army laboratory start uh, cranking out Clorox wipes. Yeah, I would like to know that. Jack and I have decided uh, somewhat hastily, and we're only a talk show, that as of not this coming Saturday, but next Saturday at midnight, we all throw on a mask. you got to have a mask on to leave your home or whatever. If you want to enforce, that's fine. Let's get this puppy going again. Let's fire up the economy again. You know, people are going to wander back slowly and carefully to restaurants and theaters and stuff like that. Uh, but my God, if you're, you know, you're building, you're manufacturing, you're, you're selling, uh, let's get back to it. One, you got one more week, Dr. Fauci. I don't know. I'll probably be ashamed of having said that when I read something new this afternoon, but it's the way I feel right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you could get America to do this again if we got hit with a different virus in two years. I think you'd have a real uh, people standing. Go ahead, arrest me. I'm not closing my freaking store. I think you'd have right. it all over the place. I'm going to put up a big sign. Must ha- must have mask to enter store. There There's, you go. The chance of transmission is greatly reduced. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. This will be debated for many, many years to come. There is a new poll out on people's likelihood of coming back to uh, stores and stuff like that. But we got other stuff to talk about, too. I hope you can stick around. <laughs> The Armstrong and Getty Show. We will not. Oh, we don't. If you come up with it, I, I, I uh, let me know because I want to play it. This is a, t- a popular TikTok that's going around, and I'm going to show it to my my family. Carol Baskin. Killed her husband, whacked him. Can't convince me that it didn't happen. Fed him to tigers, they snack it. What's happening? Carol Baskin. And there's a dance that goes with it. So that's the key to the TikTok <laughs> is the dance. And that's uh, it's on our website, armstrongandgetty.com. Very entertaining. It seems to be Boy, usually performed by people who are dressing up in Joe Exotic apparel. <laughs> and if there's, if there's one sort of craze that's wasted on me, it's a dance craze. I guarantee you. <laughs> I cannot do it. It's pretty funny, though. No matter how I try. Uh, Speaking of funny, hopefully Saturday Night Live will be funny. It is coming back this Saturday night in some form. They're going to try to throw that together. Oh, good. I was actually surprised they've been off for several weeks because uh, Lorne Michaels runs The Tonight Show and Seth, and they've been finding a way to at least bring you jokes from their kitchen. I thought, how come Colin and Che haven't, you know, done some sort of Zoom weekend update at least? Yeah. Yeah. As long as the writing's good, it doesn't have to be in the usual form. Heck no. Um, This has got to be very disturbing if you're uh, if you're a Democrat in that a new poll finds that more Democrats, a majority of Democrats want 
old Joe to drop out so Andrew Cuomo can be the nominee. Yeah. A majority? Yeah. A majority. 56%. Whoa! Whoa! That's solid. That's gotta hurt. You don't exactly have momentum going when wow. a majority of people want someone else and you're in your party. How about that uh, governor I've heard of? Yeah, yeah. He's a better choice, I think. Yeah. God, wow, how do you that's... go through the two two years and all that money and, and and fifty hours of debates and all the state primaries and everything like that to try to have a process where you come up with the person they want the most and you got damn near sixty percent of people don't want him uh, in not, your own people, party in your own party of Democrats. Right. That's what's amazing. Right. Well, uh. you know, it's funny. I've been saying that for a couple of weeks now. My gut feeling is that Democrats just have to be terrified. Well, there you have it. I guess I was right. That's extraordinary. What's you know? I don't know Cuomo that well. I have an idea of his politics and the rest of it, but I mean, is is he got nasty skeletons in his closet or what? I wonder. That's astonishing. And and listen, judging by Joe Biden's last three national appearances, if his next three are as bad as the last three, that fifty six percent is going to be sixty nine pretty soon. Nice. Shut up. Um, it's just a number plucked out of thin air, Sean. It's just, I was suggesting there'd be an increase. I should have said 70. Just going through my stack of stuff here that doesn't have anything to do with COVID. Do you remember the uh, the scandal where people are cheating their kids into the fancy colleges? Yeah. Um, Lori Laughlin, who for whatever reason got so much attention because she's a TV star. Um, they released the photos that were allegedly used in the scam to get her daughters into USC. And they're, they're just kind of funny. They're, they're photos of, like, athletic girls doing various things, and then she photoshopped her daughter's heads on these people. Yes. <laughs> Skillfully, I'm sure. <laughs> Although she's in show business. You, yeah, you'd no, think she'd good. have some graphic it's, artist. It's good, but now you see the original photo with a different face on it. And <laughs> Oh, they have it paired with the originals, too? Yeah, oh, they, they awesome. blur, it, blur it out because it's underage, right, but right, it's, right. it's not her daughter that's the body of the person doing the rowing um and they put my favorite was the there. was the fake pole vaulter the the white boy on a uh a black fellow's body or was at it, least a mixed race guy wasn't that but, our old boss who did that, that was one? that was our old boss yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was nice, nice. She, she had someone photoshop her kids head on someone who wasn't even the correct race but here's the funny part it was good enough to still get into harvard or yale or wherever they went because everybody knew nobody really cared. That's that's how that's how little effort people were putting into that whole thing. It's Hilarious. no secret the, the contempt I have for the very concept of the elite Ivy League universities. But for the rest of my life, anybody tells me they went to Yale or Harvard or Stanford or USC or anything like that, I'm going to say merit or check. And when they say merit, I'm going to say yeah. <laughs> Right. Oh, that'll amuse me deep into my old age. Next hour, Lon He Chen. He wrote an op-ed piece in the Wall Street Journal about the WHO and how it needs to be uh, restarted or just blown up. And uh, we, we, we start a different thing on our own because they're freaking commie lovers. And we'll talk about that next hour. Um, I've had this on my mind. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if anybody's interested in this but me. I'm reading the Woody Allen autobiography. Mm-hmm. And if you'll remember... He had a real difficult time getting it published. One of the most famous filmmakers in the history of the world. Um, amazingly successful entertainment career on all, all levels. But because he's tied in with some hashtag MeToo stuff, 
and because his son is Ronan Farrow, who outed the whole Harvey Weinstein thing, nobody was publishing the book. He couldn't find a publisher, and it got dropped a bunch of places, and it finally got published. And then it's interesting, nobody would review it. None of the big places would review his book. And then somebody finally in the New York Times, well, he had a publisher in Ronan Farrow. It's the same publisher that did Ronan Farrow's Pulitzer Prize-winning book. And so Ronan Farrow went to him and said, I'll never do a book for you again if you put out Woody's book. And so they dropped it. And he found another publisher, and it got out. And I've been reading it. And um, uh, I don't know how much people followed that story. or I don't know how much you know it's worth getting into it because it's pretty narrow casting. It's an old story from the early 90s or whatever. But, man, it sure seems like uh, Woody Allen got railroaded in that whole thing. And that can happen. And, and reading about family courts... And testimony and uh, all that stuff with false claims by spouses and custody battles and everything. It is ugly. And I know there's people listening that have been through it or are going through it right now. But it is gruesome. Well, I think the contemporary angle on it is Woody's, or not Woody's, but the defense for a publishing company is quite solid. The allegations were part of a bitter divorce. They involved recovered memories of little kids, which is a highly problematic thing. Um, any psychologist will tell you that. We, we should have all learned in the, the legendary and, and horrific McMartin preschool case. Um, and, and Woody vehemently denies it, and nobody will ever know. Um, that, that is plenty of defense for publishing the memoir, the autobiography of one of the great filmmakers ever. Uh, you know, all sorts of crazy things are alleged during bitter divorces. So it's it speaks to the mob is more feared and respected than than facts. How about the fact that the, your major newspapers or, or magazines won't review the book? That's and so, ridiculous. And so a guy from the New York Times finally reviewed it, and he said, I know I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for this, and I'm going way out on a limb, and I'm risking my career, but I'm going to review the Woody Allen book. And then he he, he takes... You know, unbelievable shots through the entire review to make sure everybody knows he's on the right side of hashtag me too. But to right. not won't even review the book. That's a little scary in the uh, the United States of America. I, I put put all your information out there. Let us all decide. The 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 gatekeepers deciding what should even be published or not is is wild. By the way, if you read the book, and again, you know, there's there's two sides to every story, and this is Woody's side. But he backs it up with a heck of a lot of data that in every court. Uh, finding at every level, all the way through multiple challenges, multiple research by cops, everyone, he was never found guilty of anything. And what they did find uh, to be true was that Mia Farrow, his famous actress wife, uh, coached the kid and made up a bunch of crap. That was that was the, the, the conclusion of the courts. Right, right. But she immediately went to the press, because as a movie star, she under, understood how People Magazine works. And that sort of stuff. She immediately went to the press and said, my husband raped my underage retarded daughter. Well, she was 22. She was anything but retarded. And she wasn't his daughter. Other than that, it was a pretty good thing to get to the press. But that's what stuck in everybody's mind, is that Woody Allen was having sex with his underage, his own daughter. Right. Except for it wasn't his daughter, and she was a college student, and she is not retarded. Yeah. Um, wow. Just gruesome. Just gruesome the way the whole thing was handled. It's scary. It, 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 it's a story about the press and, uh, and, 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 and political correctness and everything like that. It's just, whoo. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, a lot of people, they don't understand that the most horrific source of accusations fly around regularly in the midst of a bitter divorce or whatever. Famously, uh, Ivana Trump, his, his first wife, her lawyers accused Donald of rape uh, during their divorce. And then later she said, no, that never happened. He didn't rape me, and he never would. That was just a part of the legal negotiation. So, yeah, that sort of thing happens. People just want to hurt and and or they want money at those times, and they know, okay, I'm going to portray you as a child molester you don't come across. And, and I'm not saying I know what the story is with Woody, because I don't. I actually suspect I'm on your side of it, Jack, what you're sort of hinting, you're concluding. Um, but I'm not saying I know, but I do know this. It's absolutely not safe to presume he's guilty of what uh, various people have said. It's absolutely not safe. She slept with Ronan, who at that time was named Satchel. She kept changing these kids' names. She had this thing about going around and adopting kids, and then and then uh, and and then treating them very badly. I mean, very badly. But um, uh, like physical, verbal, emotional abuse with all these different kids that she would get and having no interest in raising them she just kind of liked the whole i'm a mom who adopts underage or uh, uh, adopts some um, needy kids thing which mm. is is a thing uh, like an ego trip yeah anyway she slept in bed with with uh with young satchel and was like unbelievably affectionate well into his uh his preteen years oh really yeah ronan so i i don't know what's going on there but um, she had three brothers. One went to prison as a child molester. One killed himself over allegations. And the other one died at the controls of his own plane. So probably a suicide. Wow. That's Mia Farrow? Yeah. I'll be dead. So that's the family she came from. Wow. Uh, anyway. Uh, well, you, should, you obviously should never believe anything you read about in, uh, in any entertainment journal. And then barely what you should read that comes out of any court case. Yeah, yeah. Ugliness. Mm. So have you heard the full story of the mayor of Chicago and her haircut? No. It is hilariously horrifying. It is horrifarious. Fantastic. I love the sound of that. Also, I have this latest poll that just came out. I'm not sure if you open up the stores, people are going to go back right now. You, you want to open the economy back up? I'm not sure you can do it. You can't do it without the people's consent, certainly. Got some indication of that on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. seems to be an emerging theme this question of whether or not we needed to shut down uh, businesses the way we did and um and then bringing them back and it all kind of fits together i think it'll make sense here let me read a little bit from jonah goldberg's column today uh in the dispatch this raises another complication for those who think the government can just quote reopen the economy with the flick of a switch Trump and all of the governors could lift the stay-at-home orders and federal advisories tomorrow. That wouldn't necessarily fill the restaurants, airplanes, or stadiums. People would still need to be convinced it's safe. Such persuasion comes via clear, believable information, not orders from on high. And that's how it should be in a free society. And somebody retweeted his column 
uh, and added, the death tolls in Italy and New York probably did more to change behavior on the ground than all of Trump's press conferences or Dr. Anthony Fauci's TV appearances. In my experience, most people are staying home because they believe the risk, not because government is telling them to. I think there's truth to both. So, well, I I think government always uh, way overestimates their ability to lead us in certain directions and how much we're looking to them to tell us what to do. Just tell us what to do. Um, It's quite possible. I don't know this and we'll never know, but it's quite possible that instead of shutting down all the businesses, could have made it very clear what the risks are, told us to wear masks and stay apart. We see people dying like crazy in Italy and Spain and New York, and we're all very careful. In fact, we might have stayed home so much that the economy was damaged a lot anyway Mm -hmm. as you stop going out for, you know, ice cream and all that sort of stuff. Um, We might have just all done this on our own. As it should happen, as Joan Goldberg said, in a free society, uh, we'll come back when we feel safe. We probably would have stayed home when we didn't feel safe. Right, I would agree, and people will filter back based on their own perceptions of the danger. We we probably won't have packed baseball stadiums in the next month or so, but well, will to... people wander out to have dinner? Probably. Hard to eat with a mask on, though. That's one problem with restaurants. I've got numbers on that. When will you feel comfortable being in crowded places? Uh, after medical professionals say it's safe, 59% will feel comfortable. After a treatment vaccine, almost half. Say they won't feel comfortable going back until there's a treatment slash vaccine available. Only 25% say say after the government says it's safe. I'm glad to hear that. I'm not paying attention to the freaking government on what's a good idea and what's not. I mean, I listen, but that's not the primary, you know, piece of evidence. There's all kinds of good reasons to be skeptical of that. They were way wrong on the mask thing, for instance. Mm-hmm. The models have been all over the place on a day-by-day basis, so that might be the best they can do. But, hey, uh, this is what I wish they would have said out loud, or and maybe they did and I just weren't wasn't listening. These models are so far from being accurate, they're barely worth paying attention to. It's well, way as more we've discussed, they the show you a big range, a huge range. I mean, I'm looking at, the, and this is, this is the, uh, the big one, the good one. Uh, uh, deaths in the United States of America projected for, let's see, let's go to tomorrow. Uh, there's tomorrow. The, it's going to be somewhere between 928 and 4,500 deaths for tomorrow. In the United States? Yes. That's, that's the best modeling they have out there. Wait a minute. That's uh, the, the second number is quintuple the first. Yeah, so and it, now that's a range. So it reminds me of when I got sick, and I and I, I realized it's more an art than a science. There's way more guessing could be this, could be that, than I had ever been led to believe by TV shows and everything, mm-hmm. uh, where where you kind of figure like scientists have this graph and that graph, and they can figure out exactly what's going on. It's, it just doesn't work that way, yeah. which is fine if that's the best it can do. I I, I want it to be more clear than uh, and maybe cable news is mostly to blame for that picking numbers and putting them on a screen and then discussing them as if they're obviously fact. Now, uh, for baseball, 72% said they won't go to games without a coronavirus vaccine. That is, you know, being in a packed stadium. Wow, that is a hell of a lot of people really close to each other. i got to admit, I'd be pretty hesitant about that. Yeah, there are I plenty of other be. things. I mean, I would, I would go to the store, I would go to a restaurant. Uh, you know, I still maintain it's ludicrous that so many places are shutting down golf courses and tennis courts and that sort of thing um i would do all those things in a second 
I go to especially I, if people are masked. I've been going to places more regularly than anybody I know, but I uh, I wear gloves. I have a mask. I and every place I go, they've got so many things in place with plastic uh, shields between you and the checkout person and all these different things. Yeah, I don't know. That's what you claim. I still say you're a bad American. I think I would like to see, you know, the the COVID police leap out from behind a shelf and jab you with a, a syringe full of the stuff. Wow. As punishment for your going to, you admit to you admitted to going out for a milkshake earlier. Well, it was an essential milkshake from an essential business, Amel's Diner. And then I got <coughs> hot tub chemicals, which was uh, uh, the, uh, the hot tub place is essential apparently. It was open. According to our all-knowing, all-seeing government. Right. So I got hot tub chemicals. Well, you essential. don't use those hot tub the chemicals. You, you got a nasty little soup going there. You got, you got a funky a, tub. Funky soup. <laughs> By the way, so 72% of people said they won't go to games unless there's a coronavirus vaccine. Um, what could be a worrying sign for baseball, just 29% said they very much miss having the opportunity to watch live sports. I'm not sure that number's much different than it ever is. I think that's probably about the percentage of the population that's super into uh, any yeah, sports that, at any time. Yeah, your 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 uh, sample ought to be sports fans. Yeah, exactly. I miss baseball. I miss it bad. I watched a rerun of the Masters yesterday. I'm supposed to be at the Masters this week. Was that week. the 2012 Masters? Uh, yes, yeah, when, when Bubba I, Watson won. When I was at the Mills Diner getting a milk, an essential milkshake, the guy was watching the 2012 Masters. For golfers, Bubba's miracle rip-hook wedge out of the trees on the second playoff hole. I said, I've got Fabulous. a friend who was supposed to be at this Masters. But uh, obviously, and he said, oh, man, that must suck. And he said, yeah, so the guy yeah, at Mills okay. Diner feels for you. So uh, Mayor Lightfoot of Chicago coming in for a good, solid two-footed kicking. In a moment or two, man, is this chick rotten. A two-footed kicking, you can do oh, that? Oh, yeah. I can't do that. Maybe <laughs> well, when I was one younger. One at a time. One at a time. And Getty.